0: Melbourne's 2011 festival sees the welcome return of Melly Still's much-acclaimed production of Vorjak's best-known and probably finest opera, Rosalka, first staged here in 2009. The occasion also marks the very welcome return of Glyndebourne's former music director, Sir Andrew Davis, who returns for the very first time since he stepped down in 2000 after 11 years as music director. We managed to get conductor and director to a microphone midway through the first stage rehearsals to talk about their work and their preparations for this production. <laughs> So, Melly, may I start with you? And could you just give us the briefest introduction to the plot of the opera and
1: to the style that you've adopted for it? Well, I mean, everyone knows um, Anderson's Little Mermaid, so it's essentially the same plot as The Little Mermaid, but not such a happy ending. Uh, But I think Anderson came, you know, his came first. Kvappel, he wrote the libretto after Anderson documented Little Mermaid. And it's also, I think, he was influenced by Fouquet's Ondine as well.
0: Where does this piece fit in, do you think, with Vorschach's oeuvre generally?
2: Well, it's one of his crowning achievements. And it is, I mean, it's unfortunate because his last opera, which I think was called Armida, it was a huge flop. But Rusalka was always a great triumph for him. And I think it was, as I say, he had, he had written something like eight or nine operas already. Including two to the same libretto. It was very odd. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was early on in his career, and it instantly took its place in the repertoire and has stayed there. I mean, it's never been, you know, it's never been a sort of bohem or a traviata, but but it's a piece that does get played.
0: Of course, Faure came to this quite late in his career, so he'd written a lot of symphonies at, up until this point,
2: and he'd written, but he'd written a lot of operas too. Y- yes, i indeed. mean the, the, the interesting thing about him, I always loved the fact that he said. Above everything else, this towards the end of he wanted to be remembered as an opera composer, and and he he felt he had so much to to say, you know, in the musical dramatic uh, form. Unfortunately, his symphonies are so good (laughs) that uh, (laughs) he rather undermined himself there, you know. But it does
0: show a composer, doesn't it, that has that real craft and mastery of the orchestra.
2: The orchestral writing is extraordinarily evocative Mm. of every aspect of the story. The opening of the piece is very odd. It just starts with the timpani and the cellos playing this little motif, which is a kind of sort of fate motif in a way. It's it's the, It kind of undermines a lot of the piece because it, it's constantly telling us that all is not going to turn yeah, out well. It's foreboding, isn't it? Yes, it is. But there's some extremely voluptuous music, I have to say. Some some of the music for The Prince has a tremendous passion and intensity too that that I think is is quite marvellous. It's quite a full orchestral sound, and, I mean, there are, there are some balance problems with this piece, always. One of the things I'm very grateful to Melly for is that in a lot of the places where the, the balance problems are the greatest, we have got we have the singers right down at the front right. of the stage. <laughs> so I think oh, she's a really a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful director.
1: <laughs> they are banned from looking at him, though, <laughs> from the
2: conductor. That's right.
0: I'm always endlessly fascinated by the process through which these stories are put together and presented. I mean, working with each other for the first time. Of course, this is your second mm-hmm. go at this particular um, production. Melly, having done mm-hmm. it, premiered it two years yeah. ago. But you're working together for the first time. Well, How do you influence the storytelling together?
2: Clearly, Melly's concept of the piece and in, in, in toto and in detail is something that really I've First of all, I I love it, which is great because uh, you know it's it's always a great relief when you come. Well, of course, I had seen the production. I came to see it two years ago, so I knew what, what I was in for, and I I, I enjoyed it very much then. Yeah. Um, but clearly, it's it's very important for me to. Um, to feel in tune with with what the, a director is doing, I love the way Melly works because she, first of all, is very attentive. I mean, is very in tune with the music. In just from the, in the day to day working in the piece, we basically I do my job and, and Melly does hers. Things impinge on each other, and and, mm. and and it can be very very nice to see how how the two sides of the equation mm. meet and. Uh, Intertwining, yes, yeah, it's Absolutely.
1: amazing, really. I mean, it's been incredibly harmonious and um, in, in instructive because Andrew's a great observer, you know, as well. So he'll he'll always watch and still and try and make every, you know keep everything in tune. And he, and I suppose my role, parallel role, is to try and always listen as much mm-hmm. as possible and be. And he he when he conducts and I'm sitting next to him, he makes the sounds somehow. through his the sounds he makes (laughs) he evokes the orchestra I mean we're blessed with a wonderful rehearsal pianist as well but together they they they're creating the world of it and I can hear when there's an you know what Sir Andrew really wants and somehow is encouraging or sort of drawing out of the performers in front of him just through the sort of Bodily sound he's making and his movement as well. So, you know, his, his physicality as well becomes really important. But it's listening to him and also, you know, and then he'll say, So, this bit, you know, just listening to him say, Well, this bit suggests this to me or whatever is fantastically informative, really. So, I'm always eager to hear all of that. And and then, you know, I've said to him right from the start, Look, if we're making too much noise and it's not singing, <laughs> just tell us, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm totally open, really, to what's, whatever, whatever is right.
0: Of course, there's the famous aria, the song to the moon. But what are the other key moments musically for you?
2: I love this the the kind of tremendous variety of uh, an emotional range, and, and also in terms of orchestral colour. There's, I mean, the marvelous sort of court scene in the in the second act with the sort of, as it were, the ballet music is splendid. It goes from the most sort of jubilant, festive music, and then. The moment when we're kind of concentrating on her, all of a sudden it withdraws into something that's much more anguished. (laughs) So his ability to change mood so quickly Mm. is one of the most remarkable things about the music.
0: Taking this lyric fairy tale, as it's called, and presenting it to a 21st century audience, how do you come to that task?
1: There's something about fairy tales, folk tales, that, you know, they, they transcend time and history really and and cultures and ages so there's something about especially this story really but a lot of fairy tales they illuminate the human experience perhaps more than the naturalism might do because it's somehow we're, we're expressing or telling the story of of human love and betrayal in a but in a way that perhaps penetrates our feelings more than we would do if it was just a sort of regular piece of prose or story or a play Um, So fairy tales just have that capacity, really, to somehow draw out the magic of being a human being and the mystery and the sort of momentousness of it as well, of of experience. So I think, you know, it absolutely, it doesn't matter what period one might be uh, presenting a story. It has an incredible power. And people do, you know, people do really respond to it because actually they're just two normal people as well. They represent two normal people who fall in love and then there's a, there's a sort of triumvirate of love and despair which, you know, everyone in their life mostly is going to have some kind of inkling of or experience of.
0: You mentioned the range of yeah. emotions that have that gone through in this, in Every this piece. Every single one. <laughs> you know,
1: because she's, you know, Rosalka has this phenomenal capacity for joy and belief and faith as well as absolute anguish and sadness and all of those emotions are talked about you know they're in the in the, they're sung about they're always saying i feel this terrible anguish or i feel this terrible longing or humans create such grief or you gave me such joy we had such laughter you know there's the, the there is the absolute um, full gamut of emotions in this piece but you know always with this foreboding kind of somehow telling us that uh, where we're going, where we're heading
2: the scene between the the um well it's, it's a, a sort of trio although of course Rosalca is not singing because she she can't when the the foreign princess first arrives there's an extraordinary duet between the prince and the yeah. foreign princess but they're not actually singing to each other i mean it looks on you look at it on the page i mean it looks like a standard kind of you know love yeah. duet but they're talking about completely different things uh which is which is remarkable uh and meanwhile then the princess kind of is doing her seductive number on him until Rosaka can't bear it anymore and she breaks in but the only person she can talk to is Vodnik who then appears on the scene and then she because he's a creature of the water so so the second act she doesn't do a great deal which is rather (laughs) nice because she gets a bit of a rest vocally she does but actually
1: she said it's more tiring and uh, there's one moment where she does really need to go off have a quick glass of water because there's a lot of being somehow present in in, uh, as far as the character is concerned and inhabiting that and acting and acting that that actually and, and not Expressing vocally, so she it, she finds it a lot more tiring, and then of course it's the, you know she can really express herself once they are once she's with her father Vodnik, um, and she can actually she finds her voice again.
2: I must say the end of the piece is uh, to me always extremely moving mm. because um, his fate is as it were sealed with with a kiss from her, and 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 he dies in her arms, and there's a kind of funeral march like. Passage at the end with the with the timpani. All the strings are playing this motifs of the piece. But very slowly, with with accompanied by the brass and the timpani doing this kind of um, funeral-like motif underneath. It's the ability to make this ending emotionally the most profound of of the evening.
1: It's about acceptance, isn't it? it um, is. Forgiveness and acceptance. It's not sentimental, is it? No, not it in at the at least. All? You know, it's quite harsh.
2: That's right. It's not, a, you know, it's not a fairy tale in the, in the Hansel Gretel sense. It is a very tragic story. Mm. And with people who who all suffer.
0: So having got an idea of what people can expect before they come, what do you think they could expect to go out with having seen this production?
1: From my experience last year, I was quite struck by how um, moved people were by it. So, I mean, I hope that, but I'd hate to say it because I don't want to disappoint anyone. (laughs) 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 You know, it is, you know, just, but also, you know, on every level, it it has an impact, I think, you know.
2: Yes, it's a, be- a beautiful fairy tale, and of course, yeah. staging is has its visually quite striking moments. Yeah. I have to say, which we, we won't talk about.
1: And Andrew pointed out earlier, it's the there's this huge variety musically, and so you get that, you know, dramatically as well and and visually because we're responding obviously to the score. So, variety and detail and you know impact and some it evokes something quite special, I think.
2: Yes, and and it is it sort of builds up inside you somehow, and kind of matures inside you, you know, as a, as a listener, as, a, as an observer. There's a richness to the to the emotional content of the piece yeah. that, that's very satisfying.
1: You can identify with all of them. There are no real goodies and bad is. You can sort of see it from everyone else's point of view, and that's sort of part of the you know how um, tearing it is somehow inside. I think you know because you can see how everyone is struggling with it, but, um, all the characters.
0: Well, very best wishes for the thank you. remainder of the work on your production and thank you very much for talking to me. Thank
1: you. Pleasure.